Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic State of Mind, we're all very relaxed and chilled out for the full-time bulletin. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm delighted again to be joined by our lucky charm Kevin McCluskey as well as Sean Connolly. I'm going to come to you first Sean. Um, Half-time, we're chatting about penalty decisions for and against that second half. We didn't really have to talk about any of that, did we? We can if you want. We should have had two penalties. We did get one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you're saying we're relaxed, but I'm actually buzzing. That was a brilliant result. Like it was, just to give it a little bit of context, St Mirren have conceded nine goals at home in the league this year before today in, in all the games, whatever, 13 games have played. Yeah. And we've just put five past them. And I, and I don't I, I you can have a little bit of sympathy for them because when it went 2-1, uh, they did open up at that point. So 5-1 is definitely harsh on them. But at the, at the same time, like those two goals that we... You can call it a, a half of two halves because the, the first two goals that we scored were just goals out of sheer will and determination, which is something we don't get to see as much as or that often these days from the team because they're usually cruising. But... Uh, yeah, it was a very different story getting to 2-1 and the three goals we score af- scored after that. It was two very different games at that point. No, I absolutely agree with that because I've, I've got a few notes here talking about um, the way Jota approached that second half. You know, he was getting a bit of stick in the, the comment section. I think we were quite um, light on him in, uh, at half time, Kevin, to be fair. But he came out and the, it was as if there was a, there'd been a rocket get put up on him at half, but half time. Um, and then it didn't really matter how that ball went in. You know, that was the kind of the view. And then when he scored in the goal and running away and giving it the, uh, the rousing kind of uh, celebration. Uh, I, I felt that 
Kyogo came out in that second half as a, dis- a different beast. Uh, I also think that Abada made a, almost an instant impact um, as well. And I agree with, with Sean, and we'll come back to him as well, Sean, with regards to it, because there's no point in ignoring bad decisions just because we've won a game. Um, and I think, you know, we, we were speaking about Haksabanovic and O, and Awata, by the way, maybe a wee bit more understated, Awata. Um, but they all, they've all come on and, and impressed as well. But can I just give a big shout-out to the man who set up the first three goals? Mm-hmm. Aaron, yep. Aaron Moy. Unbelievable again, Kev. Um, over to you. You came at half-time because you realised we needed a lucky charm, and you were that lucky charm. Well, I've been described as many things in my life, Paul, and lucky charm is not one of them that comes up very often. So I'll take that. Um, and I'm really, really glad that Ange didn't listen to me at half-time with one of my comments, which was a, that I thought Moy was one of our poorer performers in the first half because he's come out and, as you say, he's uh, he's involved in those first three goals um, doing Aaron Moy kind of things for them all. Um, I think I think um, you're probably spot on when you say about Jota getting a, a bullet put up on at half-time. I think there would be quite a few folks... It would have been on the end of a, a rollicking from Ange at half time. And you could see that with the way that they came out in the second half. Sean's got it, he's called it perfectly. I think it was a half of two halves. And uh, we had to do something big in the second half. We, we had to get the first goal in that half, which I don't think was ever really in doubt in a sense because we had the man advantage. But we had to get it early just to ease things. And it was just sheer will and determination from Jota to get make sure that ball crossed the line. The second one, you've got Johnson coming in at the back post. Again, he's just putting his everything on the line Great. to make sure he's the player that gets the touch and that he's going in towards the goal. Um, and from then on, it was easy street. I mean, I think probably if, if there's some statistic in this one, I'd like to see how much of that second half was played, about 30 yards or 35 yards from their goal, because it was just constant pressure, pressure, pressure. But one thing I want to point out about that first goal it's the goal that we've scored so many times this season of the ball getting flashed into the near post and there's two players going for it. Because if Jota doesn't make it, I think he's got Kyogo coming in behind him. Mm. And it was the same in the cup final. Maida doesn't make the first ball. Kyogo's in and he gets it. That's not luck. That's design. And it is. It's just it's that um, never, never stop. We never stop. We just keep on going until we get the goal. Um, an absolutely uh, breathtaking second half, really, compared to the first half. And I will 100% take all the credit for that, for being the lucky charm, as you say, <laughs> came on at halftime. <laughs> Good man. We were talking um, earlier about the, the grit that we had seen in Alistair Johnston, the fact that we really liked it, and the fact that you know there's got to be moments in this domestic season where that combative style is really going to come into play. I probably didn't expect to be saying uh, the same about Jota, Sean, but there, there seemed to be a transformation mm. at halftime. Yeah, look, he's done it in the past, but it felt like today he maybe survived the halftime subs, whereas Maeda didn't, and he, he kind of came out carrying that. Uh, and also the thing yeah. where Fraser was pulling his jersey, he just he, for there was a ten minute spell there where he just seemed to put the team on his back, and everyone just jumped on board and just let him lead them. You see his celebration uh, when he scores the equaliser like that. Honestly, that goal was is just. The, <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I can't, I don't know the words to describe it, like, it was just the worst goal, but, like, the best goal, like, it was both the worst and the best goal you'll ever see, like, just yeah. absolute wanted it, 
just wanted it so much and he gets it. And and then to see just the look in his face when he's celebrating, just geeing everyone up, Johnson as well. It was I was celebrating it right alongside, feeling the same thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think just the way he was playing, you kinda cause he was tracking back as well throughout that spell. So you you do kind of have to take him off at that point uh, for legs, if nothing else. And um yeah, like I was hoping that he would stay on and just kinda light up a bit more but Haxi Banovich did come on and do a really good job as well yeah he did and um, do you know can I, can I just say I think it's really important as well kind of highlighting the celebrations of the players after the goals because mm. there's none of this like um, our routine of just scored a goal this was Jota who you think is a kind of flamboyant fancy player who'd maybe make it all about him he doesn't he's straight in there he's geeing everyone up he's getting them going Johnson just looks so over the moon with his goal, you know, and again, it's the kind of thing that just keeps everyone going. And I even love the last one of O because I think, I think his his two celebrations after his two goals have just had this really kind of cocky element about them. But he knows he's a player. He knows he's a goal scorer, and you know, I think we're going to see a lot of goals out of him. But I think those the first them sorry the celebrations after the first two goals were massive things because it kind of shows that unity in the team as well. It shows that everyone's pulling in the same direction. And, uh, yeah, they're just not going to let up. This is a team that's not going to sit down and take losing to St Mirren twice in a season. Listen, Kevin, are you saying that Jota pulled off the rousing celebration better than Morelos did? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Oh, now you see, could I say that? I don't know. Uh, Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, Paul. Absolutely. (laughs) And by the way, just where we're on a roll, um, oh, Likes a wee bit of the old Ronaldo mannerisms, I think. And you know, mm. I'm not comparing him as a player. Um, and there was a wee hop, skip, and jump before that penalty kick. Thankfully, it went under the ref, uh, the goalie's body um, after that. But I like it as well, Kevin. I like that fact that it's almost as if he's he's basically saying, "I'm I'm putting my my, my mark here. I'm putting my mark down, I'm, uh, and I want a game." Uh, we were talking about Kyogo getting 40 goals this season, and it wasn't about Kyogo. Um, today and it was about other people coming in as well when required Johnson the celebration you know and it was just sheer uh, I like a bit of that a bit of aggression in your celebration because it's mm-hmm. you know I could see us three down the bottom of the screen celebrating as well so that's what it's all mm-hmm. about um, I'm bringing this one up so we can have a wee chat about Abada um, because before the game you're we talking about you know Abada Ralston Turnbull O'Reilly what do these guys do to get into Angie's sight you know I think that second half by Abad is probably the best example of it, Sean. David Boyle says subs had a big impact and I feel we need a rotation of starting 11 to prevent complacency setting in. Abada definitely deserves a start. He played brilliantly in that second half, Sean, didn't he? Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start on Wednesday after that. Um, the last time he, he's been kind of in and out, just mainly because he doesn't offer as much defensively as Maeda does. Uh, but I believe, what's that, he's 94? fourth or 93rd game for Celtic something like that so he, he really he knows this the script and, and that finish was a great finish um well there's been very conversation very uh repeated conversations in the past about whether he's a converted striker playing on the wing or whether he's a winger that's just really good at finishing and and that was a that was a really good finish uh from him to be I'm not sure he made 
did he make a difference? He made a difference. Did he make the difference? It was almost Moy stepping up as well as Jota. I think the three of those players for me were the ones that turned the game. Jota, Moy and Abada rather than just one of them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, there's there's a few moments, obviously. Uh, we spoke about the performance of Starfelt last week against Rangers where I thought he was absolutely outstanding, but you had a 30-second. I used to call it a, a daft half hour when my cat used to run mm. about daft. Kevin, I don't know if Pirlo does that now and again. Uh, him, but Starfelt has got that about him. And there was a wee moment today, and I'm just thinking, right, he's just... Then don't do it, big fella. Just don't do it because he's so assured and composed and he's doing so well. Um, and then, you know, he's obviously just standing there thinking about something else and he almost gives the ball away. I remember talking um, to an ex-pro who used to speak about, obviously, um, facing facing the game. And there was a couple of um, couple of occasions, actually, and it was started off by Joe Hart very quickly turning um, our possession into an attack. And what you've seen was that St Mirren all of a sudden were facing their own goal. And we didn't do that enough in the first half, Kevin. But in the second half, obviously it's a lot easier once the game starts opening up. Um, in the second half, we seem to do it a lot better and eventually at ease. But that that is the big issue with, with a team like St Mirren. They're always facing you. Uh, the 10 men behind the wall, uh, behind the ball, you're not getting them on the back foot. But we did manage to do it. And I've I've gone on about this quite a bit. Um, about you know missing out the inverted fullbacks at times and getting onto the wingers, I think it was far easier to do that once Abada came on. Yeah, I thought Abada had a really really big impact in that second half. He was he was vital to how we played. Um, kind of echoing again what Sean said, I don't know if he made like the difference if he was the single player or the single element that changed the game, but he was definitely one of the big elements that changed it for us because a lot of what we did in the second half went through him. Um, and he's got that ability on the right-hand side where he's, when he's on the ball, he wants to be really direct and he wants to take his man on. He's not going to try and you know, cut inside and slow the play down. He wants to face up and go man for man against his fullback, um, which he saw with his goal. And he just takes that wee, wee bit of space in the inside right position. His first touch opens it all up for him. It's a fantastic finish, low and hard across the goal. And then, um, yeah, he really had a, a big impact in that half. But, you know, when you're playing against a team like St Mirren, who do put everyone behind the ball, you know that's what you're going to come up against at times. And you have got to find the, the solution to get through it. It's either you've got a player in the number 10 that's going to unlock a defence with a pass, or it's a player like Jota giving you a moment of brilliance, or somebody like Abada just taking it and taking it by the scuff of the neck and running at that defence and trying to turn them. And once we did it a couple of times and we got the goals, as you say, it did open up a wee bit. I was actually surprised that St Mirren did open themselves up as much as they did after losing the goal because, or after losing the second goal because the game's, the game's gone by then. So then, mm-hmm. really, we've got so much of the ascendancy. I would have thought they would, they'd have tried to keep, keep it at 2-1 and sneak something on a break rather than be that bit more open as they were. But as soon as they did, with the man advantage, we were getting overloads on, on either side and we made them pay big time. But yeah, Bada was a, a huge part of that in the second half. You know, we've been playing that well sometimes. Um, because Abada's not really been a part of that, you can sometimes forget the impact he's made uh, over a season and a half under Ange. He's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, if that was a 19-year-old coming through the ranks and making that kind of impact, we'd have been blown away by him. So it's great to see yeah, him I'm- back. Abada's a scorer of big goals for us, 
yeah. which I think is underestimated or under uh, it's forgotten about. You know, you look back to last season, what was it, the 90-something minute winner against Dundee United yeah. before we played Rangers? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a goal that potentially wins you the league because it then gave us such a a momentum swing going into the Rangers game and then we go and beat them and obviously he scores in that game as well. He's a big game player. He's a big and he scores big goals in the the not so big games like today. The third goal seals the game for us. Mm. It's incredible that you know at half time. It's incredible what Celtic can do with your mood at half time. The, you know the three of us sitting here actually thinking, "Oh, how's this going to go?" A um, couple of decisions that you know didn't really go our way, and they're doing it to ten men. But I, I think we we have seen enough of Angie's team, Sean, to know that. We were going. To, we were definitely going to get a result, um, and we were talking about that at half time. Um, and I know that it's easy to say that after the game, but we did mention that. I just noticed that a lot of things changed. Sixty minutes in, we get the, the second goal. It's great to see Alistair Johnson getting a um, a back post uh, header, kind of Ralston esque. Um, and straight away, even the St Mirren ball boys were uh, far keener to get the ball back. Uh, <laughs> and it, did you notice that? Straight away, 62 yeah. minutes, they were getting the balls back in then. But see the break as well, uh, you know, the break by uh, Abada uh, just after that. And, uh, you know, we had that chance where it was Abada, Jota, Kyogo back mm-hmm. to Abada. How on earth did that stay out? It was one of the ones where mm-hmm. you just expected the net to bulge. But at that point... I'm thinking to myself that this could honestly be anything. We really are um, in the mood. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same as well at some point. Uh, I was much less uh, optimistic than you, and most of the commenters were at halftime. Uh, I was thinking more it was going to be a kind of cagey one, and we'd score two late goals when they tired. But no, to get those two goals early really helped. Uh, just when I was looking back at my notes a moment ago, and it's like. I've got a lot of negative notes up until Jota scores. You know, Abada cross into the goalkeeper, Abada cross into the stand, Jota touch out of play, um, hopeful cross to the back post by Taylor to nobody, all, all that stuff. And then Jota scores and it's just all positive notes after that point. It really was like it turned our performance, it turned the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, teams don't score that many against St. Mirren. One team has scored twice at New St. Mirren Park this year and that was in Johnson. Um, that's that's, a, that's it. an incredible start. Um, there's a, a wee bit of chat. John Sweeney's coming in saying, Brilliant second half, but please bin that strip. Um, I think we, we spoke about shattering the hoodoo, Sean. You are wearing mm-hmm. another kit that, that? that gets a bad rep. And uh, we never had the opportunity even to have a hoodoo because we never wore it. We never yeah. wore it. Um, and to be honest, by the end of the game, once it was uh, kind of clinging to Carter Vickers at the back, I started liking the look of that kit, especially when we were 5 1 up. Um, so, no, I'm not quite sure about binning that, to be fair. I, I would bin the idea of having a fourth jersey before I bin that one. Um, Jungle Lion did say this at the beginning of the game, so you're not making it up. Minus three, never in doubt. Yeah, that was your bet. And hopefully you got a, a massive payout on a Sunday night. Um, it is actually Sunday night for you, isn't it, Sean? What time is it over there? Uh, it's quarter past ten. It's getting pretty late. Uh, so I'll be going to bed after this. Yeah. And uh, obviously, 
Kevin and I can celebrate into the wee small hours after um, another resounding victory against St Mirren. Then we make the subs. Uh, Hatati and Kugel go off for O'Reilly and O. And as we've already said, they make um, they make an impact. And uh, there's just this thing, obviously, O'Reilly, there's been a lot of talk about getting that goal. Uh, when it finally arrives, it's a tremendous finish. But I thought O'Reilly seemed really... Uh, composed and he, you know, I actually thought that um, when he came on last week as well, Kevin, you know, he, he is trying to make that impact that Abad obviously has as well. Um, and we can't say that uh, anybody needs rested. We're playing a game a week at the moment. I know we've got the midweek game against uh, the Jambos this week, but um, I don't think O'Reilly's done enough to displace the bold Moy at this stage. But it is good to see him coming in, getting the minutes, getting his goal, and looking confident. Yeah. Um... Do you know, I'm not sure about midweek. Uh, I think, and I think maybe Sean mentioned this in the, the pre-match, that that's probably a game where we can rotate a little bit if we're going to at this stage. I, I totally agree that we need to be putting out our strongest team or as close to our strongest team in every game from now on just to, you know, make sure of everything. But I think in, I think on Wednesday night, there's scope to make a couple of changes potentially. Uh, and if Matt O'Reilly was one of them to come in, um, I don't think he could have any real complaints about that because he's, his performances off the bench in the last few weeks have been pretty impressive. As I see it, he's um, he'd gone through that wee spell where he'd kind of gone off the boil and his performances were not at the level that he'd been putting in last season. But I think, I think a wee spell at the team is good for a player like him because it shows him that he's not guaranteed a starting place. And he needs to raise the performance when he comes on. And he has done. He's looked really lively the last few games. He should have scored in the cup final. Missed an absolute sitter right at the mm. end. Yeah. Um, he does get his goal today. And he's involved in things again when he, when he comes on. I think it's just... I, I still go, as much as Moy's been fantastic and as much as Atati's been fantastic, if you're bringing O'Reilly in, he still offers you something different from those two. And it's that bit more energy. It is maybe a bit more composure on the ball at times. Um, and yeah, if, if, if he's uh, if he's going to get a start on Wednesday, I don't think there would be too many complaints. And you know, if it doesn't work out in the first forty-five or sixty minutes on Wednesday, you're either bringing on Rio Hatati or Aaron Moy to replace him. So you're not exactly lowering the quality of the team if you have to make a change. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, the other player I would bring in for Wednesday night, if you were making changes again, is Haksabanovic. Um. Uh, even over Abada, surprisingly, despite the performance Abada put in today, I, I just there's something about Haksabanovic that really gets me excited when he gets the ball. I think again, it's just that energy and the way that he, he drifts from left to right. Mm. He's he's everywhere whenever he comes on. A lot of what we do after he comes on comes through him, um, and I. I I'd love to see him get a start in midweek, but then that's probably harsh on somebody like Abada. He's come off the bench today. He's got a secondary assist in the first goal. He scores the third. He sets up the fourth. You know, we're, we're really blessed at the moment. We're having so many options across the, the midfield and attack. It's a, it's a wonderful time. It is. Three players that Kevin's mentioned there, Sean. I'll start off with O'Reilly. He was a guy that came in in a January transfer window whereby he wasn't part of the plan. And just said that, you know, the plan was to bring in the three uh, imports from Japan, which we got in early. And then we were presented with an opportunity to bring in Matt O'Reilly. At that time, got to admit, I didn't know much about um, him as a player. Um, but it was almost as if his rise 
just kept going. And obviously, the, the man of his performances uh, is probably the reason why, you know, David Turnbull's never really had a, a good run in the team ever since. But it was almost like, you know, here's a guy who's coming in from, it was the third tier of English football, am I right? Yeah, League One. Uh, League One, yeah. Yep. And then it was, right, let's see how you can uh, play in, in, in Celtic's first team regularly. Yeah, he passed with flying colours, right? We're up against Rangers, passed with flying colours. And it was almost like this season, what's the next challenge? Okay, you're going to be playing Champions League football. You're going to be playing in, in cup finals. And I think that there's there's been an ascendancy in Matt O'Reilly's Celtic career um, that never really looked as though it was going to tail off. And it was only now, and it's not because he was playing horrendously bad, to be fair, to be fair to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he played really well when he stepped in for Callum McGregor, um, you know, in a more defensive kind of role. But it's only now that he's kind of been out the side a wee bit. But let's not forget that the quality is there. So when you bring him on as a substitute, you know, you're likely to get what he did today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there was, struggling with the specifics, but it was something like uh, when he got man in a match against Real Madrid, it was one year since he'd been coming off the bench against Port Vale or something like that, like one year removed from that. And yeah, he he's still 22, I think. Uh, so he's... He's still got a lot to offer, I think. And I, I, I'd be surprised if, I mean, Adam Moyes just been so good. Like, and he was, he was so involved in that second half. Like, mm. how can anyone really make a case for a great player like O'Reilly? Like, as much as he's not been as maybe his best, he's still been great. And but Adam Moyes just been sensational. I don't think we can. I don't think we have to take the negative here. I just think we have to take the positive that Moyes just been great. And and it's just another one. We've got a living games left in the season we're nine points ahead like six of those are home games like we, we can now add this to the bigger picture this is probably one of the hardest games we had left and and that yeah that's yeah do we start looking at that now the bigger picture of the league because i know we're talking about hearts midweek and hearts have got past they've got previous for resting players ahead of a cup game uh, so i i wouldn't be surprised if hearts make wholesale changes midweek uh, ahead of the, the weekend's cup game you know, another thing just occurred to me there, you're talking about the difficulty and how can you make an argument to drop Moy? You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous how how good both players are in, in just about every position on the park. Is there a position, do you think, Sean, and I'll throw this one over to you as well, Kevin, that um, maybe Big Ange is looking at and saying, we probably do need another one in there to get that same kind of O'Reilly Moy scenario um, and dilemma in place. Is there a position on the park for you? Uh, for me, it would be the right centre back or the goalkeeper, but um, I'd prefer to not focus on that right now. I think we're just um, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Fourteen potentially fourteen games left, eleven league games, potentially three cup games, and I, I think this could be a really special season if we can keep our form going because that's now what uh, twenty five wins out of twenty seven, which is unreal, unreal form. And I believe I'd, I'd, I'd not checked the numbers during the game, but I believe we're still well on track to beat the the record for most goals scored in a single season if we keep our up our goals per game average. It's it's really incredible. And when you're you're taking five off of, of a team where, as you say, they've only let in nine goals at home this season, Sean, it just shows you um how incredible we are offensively. Um mm-hmm. I think probably if, if there is a position and it's going back to the conversation I think we were having at the beginning. Uh, it was shown in the pre-match in relation to the amount of players that might be leaving the club in the summer. 
uh, where you've got 12 guys out on loan, maybe two or three that aren't getting a game in the first team than now. Um, and then you're you're basically, you know, uh, flipping that into three or four guys who are, um, you know, pushing for a, a first team jersey. Um, I, I don't want to write anybody off, but maybe at the moment we're, we're maybe not convinced. I'm certainly maybe not convinced at left back. I agree with you, Sean. I think maybe another centre half. Um, and, you know, in terms of the goalkeeper situation, I'm not that concerned about that because I think we already sorted that with Seagrass coming in. Um, and yeah, he's had a wee injury, but, you know, I've seen enough from Joe Hart this season, Kevin, and I'll ask you the same question, to have no real concerns in that area. What, what's your thoughts, Kev? Um, I am more in agreement with Sean. On that one, aye, I think um, I think a goalkeeper is a position we should be looking at over the summer. I, I like Joe Hart. I like Segrist as a number two, but I think I think we could be doing with a a younger keeper of a of a high standard that you think is going to be number one for the next three, four, five seasons. I think we mm. could be could be in the market for for someone. You know, if you want to go back in time. Uh, a keeper like an Arthur Boric coming in from Poland, what was he, 23, 24 or something like that when he came yeah. in yeah. and we had him for a good couple of seasons, you know, three, four seasons as a really consistent European level number one. I don't think um, I don't think that kind of signing is beyond us to make again and it's one I'd like to see us go for. Uh, I do think we need another centre-back at some point uh, because we've got Excuse me. We've got Carter Vickers. We've got Starfelt. Now, at some point, teams will take an interest in them, and I think you spoke about that before. If we get that big offer, and it's an offer from the Premiership, players are players are going to be tempted to go there. So I think we need to have a fallback option. Then it could be that Kobayashi's that player already in the door, but we haven't seen enough of him to know that for sure. But I think. And I, I'd, I'd actually make it more of a left-sided centre-back. So we had to get the balance in there again of a left-footer. Um, but the position I'd love to see us go for, more than any, is just an out-and-out out number 10. Because that's the one we don't have in the midfield, as far as I see it. We've got some really good midfielders. We've got good number sixes. We've got good number eights. But there are games where I just feel if we had a number 10, somebody that you could just trust to orchestrate things a bit more offensively in the middle of the park. McGregor's great at doing the number six role yeah. and keeping the ball and, and recycling it. But if you've just got that playmaker there mm. that can just give you that moment of magic, you know, uh, if he can allow me to dream in it or a kill me type player, <laughs> every time he got the ball, you just knew he's going to pick a pass, he's going to unlock a defence. That's the kind of player I'd like to see us get, especially for Europe, because our chances normally although this, this season seemed to be uh, going against that grain. We normally don't create that many chances in Europe, and you need the player that's going to just make sure that every chance you get, he's making sure it's a clear chance and goal by just having that kind of incisive passing. I'd love to see us make that kind of a move. But to be honest, whoever Einstein's in the summer, I think he's going to have it planned out, and I'm going to trust him that he's going to know what he's doing, because he has done so far. We trusted him at half time. Where, where do you see Haksabanovic then? What's his role? What's his position, Kev? I see. Now, he could be the number 10 for mm. me. I think he's got the, the potential to play that role. He can play anywhere along that front three behind the, the main centre striker. But I'd like I'd love to see how he could do as a as a number 10. Because he's mm. I, th I think he's got an eye for a pass. 
He's got good quick feet. He's direct. Um, and you can see that if he's playing as a 10 with Jota off him on the left, the two of them could even just interchange and switch. So you don't have to always switch the wingers. You could switch your 10 and a winger. And again, it just gives you a wee bit more options. I think he could he could fit in there. What I like about him... Sorry, on you go, Sean. I was just going to say, I worry we don't have a space in the squad for a number 10 because domestically we don't mm. really play a 10. We play two eights. And the only way... I can see that even being a need in the squad is when we play, uh, when we were talking, Andrew was talking about playing Awata and McGregor as two sixes next season. That's the only time you really call for a 10 uh, at that point. Turnbull, Moy, the two players that would be the closest to fitting that for me, rather than Haxibanovic, who is more of a, a, a winger, I think. But uh, my main concern is if we do pick up a really quality number 10, like you're talking about, Kevin, that I, don't, I, I just don't know if we have enough space for them domestically, uh, unless they can also play an eight. Now, Sean, yeah, I, don't know if you did this I don't know if you did this deliberately. I don't know if you did this deliberately. On you go, Kev. <laughs> Sorry, time delay there. Uh, I was just going to say, it's, a, it's actually a really good point. That uh, it's it's more of a, I, I guess this is why a number 10 is a luxury player, because it is more of a dream for me that we have that kind of player. But the, it does become, if you were to look at it as a practicality, where does he fit into the squad, unless he's a player that can play kind of multiple positions, because uh, we don't always need a 10 domestically maybe a, a game like today in the first half you could have but yeah I totally take that point on board but you know that's why Angie's there to make the decisions and not me absolutely but Sean when you were talking about two sixes you gave it you gave it that did you did you realize you were doing that yeah well I didn't actually I was just trying to create a separation I wasn't superb Stevie Steve J Abada came on and steamrolled him I thought he was brilliant today I really I really did and you know if he is named in the starting lineup on Wednesday night I'll be pretty happy for him because I think he's probably deserving of it magnet 67 Never in doubt. Always loved that kit. Aye, us too, Magnet. Um, what I like, what I think is different about Haxabanovic and Jota, for example, Kevin, when Jota comes inside, it almost always ends with him trying to take a shot. Um, <laughs> good, bad or indifferent. But what I've noticed with Haxabanovic is, I don't know if it's because he's so jitty, he has got a jink about him, with both feet, whereas often if he doesn't have that space, rather than just trying it anyway, somebody's overlapped him and, and we've opened him up down the left-hand side. And we see a lot of that from Haksabanovic. I'm glad he's back in the side and he's fit again because, you know, I think he is potentially an exceptional talent. Kevin, I share that view. Um, I think it's been a very enjoyable um, few broadcasts today. Yeah, we were looking at that at half-time, but we were positive at half-time and we came through and Ange obviously knows best. It was a, a fine performance by the end, as Sean has already pointed out. Very unusual to go to St Mirren and win 5-1, but that's exactly what we did today. Um, fantastic. Always great to see. If you're viewing uh, on the YouTube channel, then give us a thumbs up, give us a like, and make a comment, subscribe to the channel. We're giving away uh, a couple of tickets to the Vim Janssen Tribute Night um, last week, the week before, and the week before that. So if you want to be in, uh, for a chance of winning them, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel and we'll have a few other prizes uh, coming your way as well. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. As always, it's always great. It's a great natter, especially after you've uh, overcome a 1-0 deficit to win 5-1. And all that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Kevin McCluskey and Celtic Down Under, Sean Connolly, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind.
Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.